Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Third down and two. There's the snap. Fake to Judkins. Pass over the middle. Pre-scored is all by himself. Catches it at the five. Takes it to the house. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome in the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network a bit of a year in review as Ole Miss obviously finishes with a big win over Penn State in the Peach Bowl, and now everything's kind of turning towards the transfer portal. What are they going to have going into the 24th season? It feels like all the chips are kind of pushed in the middle, and everyone's kind of excited about that 24th season. Jackson Dart has since came out and said that he will return along with everyone else except Quinchon Juckins. Obviously, we've learned that Quinchon has entered the transfer portal. Will no longer, we don't think, be a part of of this 24 Ole Miss football team. So, obviously, it could be an opportunity, I think, number one, for Ulysses Bentley to take uh, the big step. And, and that, I think that's what everyone's kind of excited about, Kedrick Riscano. And then I think all eyes to see if maybe Ole Miss goes to the portal and gets at least one more uh, running back to go with Riscano and go with Bentley and to see what happens in the quarterback room. But everything else is said, and – and look, I mean, I know that Ole Miss is going to have to go hard in the offensive line. We're kind of waiting as we record late on Sunday night for Diego Pounds, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina. Everyone feels pretty good about that. And then there's there's others, and we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But wanted to kind of give everybody a, a year in review and kind of go over the year that was, and it was a big one. It was a lot of fun, and we'll have the calls here from, from – Learfield and, and the Ole Miss Radio Network with David Kellum, who does such a great job, along with Harry Harrison and John Darnell on the sidelines and, and our good friends Gary Darby and Brett Norsworthy on the pre- and the post-game. And then Dan Quartz in the studios also does a great job uh, producing and then uh, emailing out clips and that sort of thing. And, Dan, we thank you, my friend. So we'll go over some of the games. And then, and like I said, just in a little bit, we'll hear some of those calls and some of those big scoring calls and kind of recap the season. And then we'll hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin in the final press conference at the Peach Bowl. And he talked about the season. He talked about how excited it was to see a healthy Caden Prescorn. And we know how well Caden played in the Peach Bowl. And just to be able to enjoy some of those calls and to kind of go over the season and look back on, on what was a huge 7-0 home strand, 11-2 on the road. I mean, overall – 6-2 in the conference. On the road, of course, the two losses to Georgia and Alabama. And they win the rest of them. The first time in program history that Ole Miss wins 11 games. And, you know, one thing in the press conference, we were talking with Lane Kiffin and just how excited he was to be the Ole Miss coach. And you know, I think it was really cool. He walked over to Keith Carter and his family and kind of embraced them. And I, I didn't hear what he said, but, I mean, they had a conversation and – Obviously, they were all very excited after a big win. But that's a long way from, what, last year at the the back half of the season when when no one really understood or knew what Lane was going to do. Things have changed. And the chips, if you've heard it once, you've heard it a thousand times, you'll probably hear it a million times going forward. The chips are going to the middle. I don't think anyone's really worried. Uh, You know, Quinshaw was a great player, a great running back, and – 
will definitely be missed, but I don't think anyone is fretting that very much because of the, the talent they already have, the trust that the staff or the trust that the fans have in the staff to go and, and land another running back and to get things ready for that 24 season. We're awful grateful um, to have such a fun team to follow, and it's going to be even better next year. I want to thank Funkies uh, for, for sponsoring our, our Peach Bowl content, our good friends at Funkies who's got the great pizza, they've got the great drinks, and one of my good friends uh, posted a picture, and, and, and I saw it on the social channels where he and his family were eating pizza and, and watching some basketball after, uh, after they went to an Ole Miss women's basketball game. And I thought it was really cool because that's kind of the place where you go. And the great part about it, they've got the TVs and they've got the pizza and they've got the drinks. But they got the people. they got the friends. They, they've they got the place where you like to go to hang out. And it's Funkies is a, is a great sponsor here. And we thank uh, Lee and his entire team for sponsoring us for our Peach Bowl coverage. Thanks, Lee. I want to thank all of our sponsors that have been with us for so long. That's, of course, the College Corner Store, the Rogue down in Jackson, Debbie Johnson, our real estate agent here on the Believe It On Miss podcast, and, of course, our longstanding sponsorship with Bet Online. Bet Online where the game starts. Playoffs coming up for the NFL. NBA is wide open right now. A great opportunity. By the way, hockey. Hockey is really big right now, too. Uh, not to mention, I noticed, I saw the other day, uh, PJ Tour is getting things cranked up. So, plenty of opportunity to be a part of Bet Online. Let's take a look at the season as a whole and kind of run through how the Rebels got to 11 and 2 and 6 and 2 in the conference. It was a 73 to 7 win over Mercer and if you'll remember Mercer goes up 7 to nothing and Ole Miss would score 73 unanswered points and four touchdowns later for Trey Harris, the transfer wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech would have a coming out party and it would be big things to come. Now we would learn the next week Harris would get hurt. And we wouldn't see him for a couple of weeks, but of course he ended big in the Peach Bowl, had a big, big Peach Bowl. The Rebels would go on the road, and we had told you here, right here on the podcast, and then also the Red and Blue Crew podcast with David Johnson, that Ole Miss had this game circled because it was going to be a big one. It was number 22 Tulane in New Orleans. And it would prove that Tulane would be a really good team. Uh, they would run the table in the regular season, and Ole Miss would eventually win that game 37 to 20, but it was much closer. In fact, uh, Tulane led for a large part of the first half. Quinchon Juckins, we would learn later, would have a rib injury, wasn't able to run effectively. Ole Miss had some offensive line issues, but Michael Trigg caught a big touchdown to put Ole Miss ahead. Then Jared Ivey returned a Tulane fumble for a score, and that's how we get the 37-20 Ole Miss win. It was, I, I don't want to say a sign of things to come, but Ole Miss just won the close games this year. I mean, they just found ways to win. And we'll talk about those games here in just a moment. They just found a way. Uh, Georgia Tech would come to Oxford. Much better team under head coach Brent Key. This was not the Jeff Collins 49-3 to uh, shellacking that Ole Miss put on Georgia Tech over in Atlanta. This one was much closer, and it was closer in the first half. Ole Miss would stretch things in the second half. Uh, another night game on campus, and uh, night games were, were a plenty for the Ole Miss football team this past year. They went at 48-23. to and uh, yet another win of the Rebels would go to 3-0, and and that would set up the big batch in Tuscaloosa. Look, and, you know, Alabama at that point ranked number 12. We would see that Alabama would make the college football playoff before losing to Michigan, who will be playing in the national championship. But Ole Miss would fall 24-10, and it was a, a, a sluggish game for Ole Miss offensively. A lot of that was because of the Alabama defense, but I think in large part, Ole Miss just didn't play well. They did not play well in Tuscaloosa. I thought, Ole Miss, I thought Alabama played pretty good. And they go away, uh, when it kind of going away 24 to 10. But it was a situation where Ole Miss just could not get things going. And uh, the the curse of Nick Saban kind of hangs over Lane Kiffin. So the Rebels would lose their first one. Everyone kind of circled the next game. I didn't, I'll be honest, I, and I'll say it then, I'll say it now. I did not predict Ole Miss to win that game when LSU would come to town. It ended up being a five o'clock kickoff. Um, it was on ESPN. It was a huge crowd, and it would be a game that uh, you and I and everyone else that was there will kind of remember forever. Ole Miss wins 55-49. to 49. And it, it was a game in which it had everything. Uh, it had a huge crowd. It had Jane Daniels going off. It had Quinchon Jenkins, Ulysses Bentley running hard. It had 
all the receivers making big plays. And had Jackson Dart, the Ole Miss quarterback, playing as well as he's ever played. He made plays. The Ole Miss defense made plays down the stretch. If you remember, Ole Miss scored, but Jaden Daniels had an opportunity. Had an opportunity down the stretch. But how about the Rebels? They hung on. They went 55-49 to in an absolute thriller. And uh, that's when I think, and I told this one, I think I've told David Johnson this, and maybe someone else on the beat, but I said, that's when I knew that Ole Miss was going to have a special season. When I saw what happened in Tulane where they didn't play well, Lane, Lane Kiffin admitted in the first half they came out and just flat didn't play well. But I knew that when they won that LSU game, I said, yep, they're going to win They're going to win more than I thought. I, I had them at 8-4. I was like, yep, probably winning 10. Didn't think they'd win 11, but I said, yep, probably winning 10 now. Arkansas comes to town. Ole Miss always plays Arkansas close in, in Oxford. Now, Fayetteville, that's, a, that's another story for another day. But I knew Ole Miss would, uh, would probably win. It would be close. You remember two years ago in Oxford, Ole Miss would knock down that two-point conversion and win. And of course, they got boat raced the next year in Fayetteville. But it was closer than some fans would like. But Ole Miss wins it 27-20. to 20. And uh, K.J. Jefferson, who now we learned, uh, entered the transfer portal. Uh, the Sardis Mississippi product played at North Panola High School. He headed to Central Florida to play for Gus Malzahn. So it'll be a new quarterback when Ole Miss goes to Fayetteville next year to face the Arkansas Razorbacks. They win this year 27-20 to 20 and set up a big match against Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers over in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It was a close one. Jarquez Hunter ran, I guess, as good as he's ran all year and kind of kept Auburn in the game. But Ole Miss kind of kept that seven to ten point spread throughout the game and uh, a, a great job of management uh, by Coach uh, Hugh, uh, by Coach Lane Kiffin keeping Hugh Freeze at bay and uh, really nothing that uh, Freeze could do. And Ole Miss wins that game 28 to 21. And uh, they'll be uh, we'll be looking for revenge next year because Auburn and Ole Miss will not be playing. I think Brett Norsworthy, who's been a um, a friend of our program for a number of years, I, he told me the specific year that the, the last time those uh, two teams had not played Ole Miss, and I'll get that information to you. I cannot remember what he told me, but I'll check on that. But it's been a while. And so Auburn and Alabama will not be playing Ole Miss next year, which is unbelievable. And the other team that we're about to talk about, uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores, will not be on the schedule next year which is uh, incredible to me that Ole Miss won't be playing Vandy as a permanent East opponent for all these years, and they will not be on the schedule. They beat Clark Lee's uh, Vanderbilt Commodores 33-7. to wasn't close. Um, Ole Miss just pretty much did whatever they wanted to with the Commodores and won yet again. And that would set up the big game against Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M uh, Aggies. And another close one. Rebels win another close one, 38-35. to You'll remember – that one came all the way down the stretch. I thought Ole Miss did a fantastic job uh, defensively when it mattered. Remember, that was an early game, 11 a.m. game. And we thought, you know, the way that Max Johnson, who did a great job down the stretch, Ole Miss scored quickly and gave uh, A&M a chance to win, 140 to go. And Randy Bonds' field goal, 47-yarder. If you remember, it was blocked by Xavier Harris, but it hit the upright or the crossbar, I think, and uh, fell short. So that's how close it was. And Ole Miss wins again, setting up the big match uh, against uh, Georgia. And we covered that game for you, Uh, went over to Athens, and I had a blast. I really enjoyed it. The game was terrible, if you're an Ole Miss fan, because Georgia was ready for Ole Miss. Anytime Ole Miss has been a big game on the road like that, uh, it appears the other – and they win. It's always where the other team wasn't ready. But everyone that we talked to prior to the game was like, yeah, they're ready. And Ole Miss didn't stop them. And I feel like Georgia could have scored 80 points that day. They were unstoppable. And they did. They scored 52, and it felt like they could have scored more, but it was 52 to 17. And um, the the college football playoff talk was off the table. Not, not a big season, not an 11-win season, but the playoffs were off the table. But the team stood together. They did, and we heard, and you've heard Lane talk about this, the Georgia game, that's when he realized he didn't have the bullets in the gun. Again, he didn't disparage his team. He didn't say that we didn't have great players, but he all but said we did not have 
the players to compete with the number one team in the country, and that's who, that's what Georgia was when Ole Miss played them back in November the 11th. Ole Miss would lose the game 52-17 to and set up a sleeper against uh, Louisiana Monroe, and boy, they slept walk. It was, uh, what, 7-3, to 10-3 to at half, and Ole Miss ended up winning the game 35-3. to And uh, Terry Bowen would eventually be relieved as head coach, but Ole Miss kind of slept walk, and Lane admitted they were getting ready for Mississippi State. And the Egg Bowl this year was a low-scoring affair, and it had players like Caden Prescorn stepping up and Quinshawn Juckins, who, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the, in the program, he's, he's headed to the portal. He will not be a Rebel anymore, but he was a Rebel that night, and he was a large reason the Rebels beat the Bulldogs over in Starville. He took that game over in the second half. But the play of the game was the play call from Charlie Weiss and Lane Kiffin when Jackson Dart hit Kane Prescorn on the uh, wide-open throw. Prescorn headed down the seams, scores the touchdown, puts Ole Miss up, and uh, Mississippi State would eventually miss a field goal. And, uh, yeah, that thing was over. And the Ole Miss defense played lights out. Bulldogs could do nothing offensively. Rebels win that game 17-7 and set up the Peach Bowl. What a game it was, 38-25. Uh, like I said, we'll hear the highlights uh, from Learfield here in just a moment about the Peach Bowl. It was a big win for Ole Miss. And uh, it's a season that we'll all remember. And I think for most of us, we'll remember it very fondly. And uh, it was a lot of fun this year because, you know, Ole Miss fans uh, a year ago did not have very many night games, did not have very many opportunities to uh, to enjoy the, the, the atmosphere. This year we have plenty of it. And it was a – it was a year that we'll, we'll always remember. And, you know, there are a lot of questions I'll ask you. And then, you know, maybe uh, we'll do a mailbag uh, maybe next week if you'd like and kind of go over some – answer some questions and get, get some feedback back and forth. Where does Jackson Dart right now rank for quarterbacks in the history of Ole Miss football? Quinton Juckins, where, where does he rank for you guys? Wide receiver. It feels like it's wide receiver you – specifically dating back to, you know, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and all of these wide receivers are in the league. Where does this collection of wide receivers rank? A lot of questions we could talk about, but at the end of the day, you know, we on the sideline you have a chance to, to see people like Patrick Willis coming back and, 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 and getting excited for the, the Rebels. you got people – on social channels that are going nuts. Biggest cheerleader of all is Romero Miller, who who loves the Rebels. Uh, just a, just a really a tip of the cap to cap to Javon Patterson. So many people that have embraced the former athletes to come back and be very vocal online and come back and be a part of so many things during the game. Before we get to the calls of the Peach Bowl, I want to say this. What you're looking at, if you're an Ole Miss fan, is this is what you have going for you. You have Walker Jones, who has done as good as any job you could ever imagine for the Grove Collective in working in conjunction with the donor base to make sure that Ole Miss is financially where it needs to be in recruiting, roster management, and so forth. You've got an athletic director in Keith Carter that has established, let's just say, in the top four, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and football, the best collection of head coaches in the history of the program. You've got Denson Hollis, who's over the Ole Miss Athletic Foundation, who is doing a phenomenal job understanding where Ole Miss is with the Champions Now initiative and what the Grove Collective is doing. And then most importantly, the people listening, you, the fan, have absolutely turned the college football world on its head by investing into the program, either via the Champions Now initiative or the Grove Collective. You are the reason that Ole Miss, on paper, has the best collection of players set up for the 24 season in the magical run that Ole Miss is trying to make. You are the reason because I feel like season tickets will be sold out for the 24 season. 
I feel like the Grove Collective is as profitable, is as vibrant as you could ever imagine, and it is. I think with the leadership there, the leadership at the university, the leadership, the football program under the tutelage of Lane Kiffin, who's been incredible during his run as head coach, Denson's, his group at the Athletic Foundation, and then, of course, the Athletic Administration, and the fans, you, the listener. Excuse me, Houston, not while I borrow a phrase that I've used a lot over the last couple of weeks. Every person in that group is pulling the same rope. And if everybody's pulling the same rope, the sky's the limit. Nick Saban once said that, quote, people say I'm such a great coach. It's not me. It's because I have great players. Guess what, Ole Miss fans? you got great players. The sky is the limit. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back and listen to the calls of the Peach Bowl. We'll also have a chance to hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss defensive end Jared Ivey, and also Ole Miss tight end Caden Priestcorn. As you listen to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family at KessingerRealEstate.com. And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662 662- 689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Go to the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. If you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for the Grove, look no further than the Rogue in Jackson. Live in Oxford? No problem. Go to therogue.com and shop the collegiate section, and there you'll find Horn legend Peter Millar, the best selection of Rebel game day clothing, celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of the Grove Collective. When you're in Jackson, go by the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in the capital city, an extensive collection of sports coats, suits, Shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, and that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel Game Day clothing. That's the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it on the Believe It On Miss podcast. 
Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the GroveCollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. Better to get things cranked off than tight end Caden Priest going with a big 21 yard catch. Had a couple of yards after the catch. It was a huge day for the tight end transfer for Memphis. Judkins is back in as a running back. There's the snap. Dart's going to throw. He's got his man wide open. That's going to be pre-scoring. Caught at the 35 to the 40. Stretches to the 45-yard. What a catch and run. Yak yards for Caden yes, Prescorn. And that will move the chain. After both Penn State and Ole Miss traded field goals, it was a huge fourth down decision. So why not run the Philadelphia special, or as Lane Kiffin would call it at the end of the game, the Oxford special. Down attempts, direct snap to uh, Piggies, out a flip to Watkins, a pass to Dart, and a first down to the 31. Trickeration. Piggies took the snap flipped it to Jordan Watkins. He then threw it to Dart here in the left flat who ran downfield for a first down. Well, that's the most impressive fourth down conversion <laughs> we've had this year. And after that play, it just felt like the day would be different. It felt like the day would go in Ole Miss's favor. And then Caden Prescorn, he would come up with a six-yard touchdown catch. And, uh, yeah, it was a big day for Caden Prescorn. The Rebels immediately go to the line of scrimmage. The weight incorporated green zone again. Quick pass near side. Prescorn, he's got it. He steps in the end zone. Touchdown. Dart was blasted, but hung in there, made a perfect throw. Dennis Sutton clobbered him in the backfield, and the Rebels get six to take the lead. As the Rebels extended the lead to 20-17 to over Penn State, well, not a one-handed catch by Caden Prescorn. I think this one was right-handed. I don't remember. He had a couple, one right-handed, one left-handed. He was absolutely a star in Atlanta. Here's Caden Prescorn's catch. First down for the Rebels. Fake on the handoff. Dart wants to throw near side. Prescorn, one-handed, left-handed catch at the 32 and stepped out of bounds. Goodness gracious. We would later learn by Jackson Dart that he was called the father of this Ole Miss team. As everyone knows, Caden Prescorn is a dad, he's a husband, and uh, is a, not only a leader on the field, but an emotional leader in the locker room as well. Ole Miss would extend the lead once again. A 52-yard field goal by Caden Davis to make it a 23-17 to Ole Miss lead as Ole Miss continued to keep a little separation between them and Penn three. State. From this range, 50 out. It was a 56-yard against Tulane, the Ole Miss fourth longest. Here's the kick. He's definitely got the distance. Is he on target? He got it. What a kick by Caden Davis, and the Rebels go up 23-17. to Talk about big kicks. And, you know, we've talked about big kicks throughout the careers for Ole Miss players. I mean, we could date back into uh, the 1990s to the 2000s. See if you'll remember – Special teams has been a bit of a nemesis for Ole Miss in big games. But Caden Davis, he came through all year long and nailed a field goal. And speaking of special teams, Penn State had the opportunity to cut the lead when it was 31-17. to But who else? Xavier Harris blocked the field goal, and Penn State would be turned away, and it would prove to be a huge three points. Belkins to kick. This will be at the 42, a 52-yard effort. It's blocked at the line of scrimmage. The Rebels get the block, and it's going to be Xavier Harris, who is Mr. Block, as he knocked that one down. The Rebels recover at the 36 by Zamari Walton. And it's at that point that you feel really good if you're an Ole Miss fan that the Rebels are going to take care of Penn State, keeping that two-score lead. And Jackson Dart would extend it even more, 38-17 to on a two-yard run. It was a big day for the quarterback in Jackson Dart. Dart in the gun formation, the ball at the three, second and goal. There's the handoff. 
and he's going to keep it. He's going to run left side into the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Jackson Dart houses it, and the Rebels now in great shape, up 37-17 over the Penn State Nittany Lions. And we would learn not long ago, a little bit after that, and a couple days ago as you listen, Jackson Dart would announce his return to the 2024 season. So a big day for Ole Miss, a big day for Caden Prescorn, also a big day for Jackson Dart. He would have a, a really nice day, and specifically running the football. Jared Ivey, another player coming back, had a big fumble recovery as the Rebels just opened it up over Penn State. Coleman was set up right, comes to the left as a linebacker on the left-hand side. There's the snap. Rebels with pressure up the middle. Eiler steps up. He's hit. The ball comes out. It's on the turf, and the Rebels recover it at the 47-yard line. It's Jared Ivey who gets the recovery, and I believe it was Uku who may have knocked it out. We'll double-check on the replay. And I do think David Kellum is right from Learfield Audio and the Ole Miss Radio Network. Thanks uh, very much to both uh, Learfield and David Kellum for all of the calls this year. A special thank you also to Dan Courts and the entire Learfield team, but specifically that Ole Miss Radio Network. Uh, Harry Harrison did a great job in the booth. John Darnell on the sideline. Uh, good friends Gary Darby and Brett Norsworthy pre- and post-game. Those guys do a great job. So thankful for their uh, calls all year long but yeah I mean we, we said the name Jared Ivey a lot and, and he would be coming back here's another name we said Isaac Uku and he came back played in the bowl game Cedric Johnson opted out remember Uku had a huge game and would prove to be a big part of this Ole Miss defense is the Rebels win over Penn State 38-25 and win the Peach Bowl in Atlanta inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Penn State came in high expectations, David, uh, kind of like the Rebels, ranked number 10, Rebels number 11, couldn't get past Ohio State and Michigan, came in here to try to make a statement. Rebels had none of that, lining up in the victory formation right here. Jackson Dart under center. What a year for Jackson Dart. Takes the knee, and that'll run the clock out. And the two teams will meet at midfield and shake hands. We'll have some post-game interviews. Looking forward to grabbing some of the players and Coach Lane Kiffin in our post-game. Ole Miss 38, Penn State 25, our final score in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Opening statement, we'll go right into questions. First off, that's a, you know, credit to Penn State of, um, you know, a big-time opponent and very well-coached and very classy uh, program that I have a lot of respect for. I'm very excited about how our players showed up today. Um, you know, to come in, come in here and have a chance to do something that's never been done before in the history of the school to win 11 games and um, against a big time program, big time opponent. Uh, just really proud of how they did. And and like I told them, you know, it's one thing to win some games. You know, if you win a game, um, you know, in the last second. You know, a field goal goes in or it doesn't. You know, that's one thing. But to, to play a game that in a lot of phases of the game, um, these guys played extremely well, kind of dominated certain phases of the game um, against, I know they were they were a little short with opt-outs, but, you know, the number one defense in the country. So really pleased of our players to play a really clean, kind of penalty-free, really um, they did a good job in situations, you know, the three for three on fourth downs. Um, you know, those are very critical plays in the game. So um, just really, really happy that four years ago got this opportunity to come here. Our Chancellor and Keith give me that opportunity to put the staff and players together. And um, it's been a really cool journey and one I'm really grateful for. All right, thanks. Uh, questions, raise your hand. We'll get you our wireless microphone. Let's start right here in the front row on the left, please. <laughs> Lane, you mentioned taking this job four years ago, and you said you didn't come here to be good, but you came here to be great. Where would you measure this on the scale of greatness? And also after the game, you said that, you know, there's more to come. What, what is that? What is, what is in store for Ole Miss in the coming years? Well, I think it's really, you know, a cool time right now at Ole Miss, um, you know, to win the most games in the history of the school and to have so many pieces already announcing that they're coming back. Um, which I made sure a couple of them are still doing that after their performances today. Um, but I think it's a really special time. And, you know, I said that when we got hired, we didn't come here to be good and, you know, win some, you know, decent bowl games and some matches. We came here to be great, win New Year's Six Bowls like this, be a top 10 program. And so to not just have so many players coming back, but I think it's been well publicized. So many players around the country um, already joining in for next year. 
I just thought it was obviously extremely important to cap this thing off right because I felt like the last couple weeks so much focus was on next year. These guys announcing they're coming back. All these great players around the country kind of coming together. Some of these guys joked about it, you know, being the last dance next year, and I was just concerned there was too much focus on that. So obviously they did a great job showing up today, and like I said, a really cool game to see them really win situations in the fourth downs um, and critical plays in really critical situations and taking advantage of offsides and different things. Um, you know, those are proud things as a coach when those when these guys do that. All the way back. Lane, you mentioned your guys dominating certain phases. I mean, you guys outscored Penn State for most of the second half, 18 nothing until it was, you know, that garbage time at the end. I think it was allowed you guys to, you know, create that serious separation in those third and fourth quarters. I don't know. Well, first off, John, are there any jobs open right now? Just make sure that, you know, you don't put something out there on Twitter and screw up our day today. Um, So... That wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> I, I really did think they did. You know, you say garbage time. It's not garbage time. You know, we need to close the game out better than we did. We didn't do a very good job in four minutes on offense there, um, you know, and on defense. But that was really cool to come out in the second half like that, you know, a game that we had the lead and really have a great kind of dominant third quarter in a lot of phases. Um, of the game and I I don't have it in front of me but I saw the drive chart up on the the big screen you know before the end of the game there the last couple series and and there were a lot of touchdowns and scores over here on our side in that third quarter in the first half of the fourth quarter and a lot of punts um, and then a blocked field goal on their side. Um, Obviously you mentioned you know it's history for Ole Miss that this is your first 11 win season but this here was also your first New Year's Six Bowl win. Do you see this as a milestone for your time at Ole Miss or more of a sign of things to come? Well, I said it out there. I really do believe we're just getting started. I think that we're doing something. We're on our way to something really special. You know, this is really neat. Um, we need a New Year's Six Bowl, and, and what an awesome bowl and week. And, and Gary and the whole staff here putting together um, an amazing week for us. And that was awesome. But we really are. We're just getting started um, on something really special and, and a run here. Um, I normally say that's never been done before, but I guess we just did that. But to come back and even do it better, you know, and, and continue to, to improve on, on what we've done so far. All right, next right here. This is for Lane and for Caden. Caden, big day today, 10 catches, 136, and two touchdowns. Anything specific uh, that um, Penn State was doing on defense? And then Lane, game planning for Caden, the biggest game of the year. Just curious what went into that. Uh, I just got to thank my coaches, Coach Weiss and Coach Kiffin, just for trusting me and just Jackson for trusting me and just the whole line, just blocking. Just I just got to thank my teammates for just trusting me. So for Caden and uh, Jared, actually tell him what you said. You know, like he was in that decision whether to go out for the draft. And if you saw these guys announce they coming back, yeah. So he said, "Coach, I'll come back, but you better make sure I have ten catches in the peach bowl." So, so we done that again. That's the day. What we got to do nowadays? We got a game plan to make sure they stay. So for Caden and Jared, both of you came to Ole Miss through the transfer portal. Ole Miss is getting a lot of guys from the transfer portal this year. What does it say for you to be MVPs for your respective sides of the ball in a game like this? And what does it tell other guys looking to find a new, you know, greener pasture about Ole Miss? Uh, I, I think it just speaks to the, the culture that the guys had <clears throat> already when we got here and um, how they took us in and, and kind of showed us, you know, how, how things were supposed to be and how the coaches wanted things aligned. And, um, yeah, just very thankful for uh, Coach Joyner and uh, Coach Kiffin just showing us the ropes and, and making us feel at home day one. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think with the people that they already had here, a lot of the older guys, like on the old line and quarterback and even some of the defensive players, they had a lot of structure and they kind of brought us in, a lot of dudes in the portal. I feel like we brought a lot of older guys that just wanted to come in and just compete and just just test just test how, how power five football is like and just – Kind of just showed out throughout the season, and just we came together as a whole. All right, never here. Lane, uh, what did you see in the first couple of series of your offensive series against Penn State's defense that affected how you approached the game after that, and and was tempo a part of that, part of trying to disrupt them? 
Well, a couple of things there. <clears throat> um, you know, just in studying and game planning, you know, didn't really feel um, in that conference they had played much tempo. And, you know, obviously that's part of what we do. And we were able to – that only works when you make first downs. And so um, we made some plays and were able to get into some tempo situations and, you know, where they weren't aligned and took advantage of that. But early on there, there was a little struggle there. Um, those guys have really good players at number 11, you know, is a – elite player i'm sure he would have been gone to the draft if he could um because that guy's a special player so they gave us some problems there early and, and really i mean really kind of made it basic and said okay you know we're going to throw the ball quick because they, they got really good rush especially when they're blitzing him um and we said oh you know we got matchups we told him before the game you know last night you know this game will be one on offense in the one-on-one matchups at wide receiver and tight end Okay, you guys are going to have to to win, win the game on offense, making plays in the passing game, and they did it. If I could follow that up, is that okay? Um, and then when you mixed Judkins, really good back, but you really couldn't do too much with him earlier. Then it looked like you decided in the third quarter to mix him in when you had that air threat established. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean that's kind of how it works. You know, once you you know, kind of start winning outside the one-on-one matchups. You know, they got really good coaches, and so they adjust and, you know, play some more zone and, um, you know, put a safety over the top of Trey, um, you know, and, and didn't play any much more man on third down. And so, um, you know, that's part of it. And then we go back to running the ball. But I thought our players did some, you know, really good things in those situations, like those fourth downs. And then, you know, a big thing those guys do is they – blitz everybody and play cover zero as aggressive as anybody in the country in certain situations and um the guys were able with two speed options the you know pass to quinchon for a touchdown um you know and then the whatever you want to call it philly special and atlanta special oxford special you know was another cover zero um blitz beater that these guys executed all right right here front row all right, Lane, so I promise not to ask you any Taylor Swift questions. Um, but I wanted to ask you, where does today's win like rank among your favorite moments from this season? Well, this would be my favorite moment from the season, you know, because the, the, it's the, the pinnacle of everything coming together. And um, previously would have been that LSU ending and um, that game. But, <clears throat> you know, to do it on this stage, you know, when both teams have a month to prepare and, um, you don't have a home field event. You're not playing at homes. There's none of that. You're playing in a neutral site. Um, you know, was this would be the, the best part of the year. And again, not the last play of a game, which we've had a lot of those. And these guys have done a good job finishing those games off. But to to really come out in that third quarter and kind of dominate a really good team, and, you know, in phases uh, was really special. And that's what you you know really appreciate as a coach to see um, versus, you know, a ref's call or the ball hits the upright or something and, you know, you win or lose based off of that. Left side on the aisle. Coach, kind of a weird question, so I apologize, but there was a Twitter... But that's okay. Her, her was not not as weird as her Taylor Swift question <laughs> the other day. We'll see. Um, and I had more time to think, so I would have said anti-hero. Fair. Well, <laughs> there, uh, there's a Twitter... Or castle's crumbling. Go ahead. There's a Twitter account that you retweeted a couple of times this week that believed to be maybe a troll account putting out fake Penn State player quotes. I didn't know if you were aware of that or made aware of that at any point. Uh, I was made aware of that. I'm, I'm glad we won. So, um, <laughs> so you wouldn't be bringing that up in the press conference, and they'd be saying that motivated them. I thought it was pretty funny, actually, um, because they discovered that it was Fisher Ray, one of our assistants that did it, one of our student assistants. So Fisher's now kind of famous. But I thought it was really cool last night when he showed it to me. And he's like, these Penn State fans now, they're, they're, they're into this. That They researched his password and email and were able to figure out which guy it was that started it. So um, it, was, it was all in good fun. I hope, I hope the fans had fun with that. You, you were okay with him starting the, the account? Really I mean, it... I'm not going to start making social media rules on people. <laughs> okay. Right, right on the right side aisle. Lane, um, obviously uh, some considerable momentum with your program right now. What, what kind of role does that play in, in program building, and, and how does where you're at now feel compared to, to where you've been in your career previously trying trying to build something? Well, I've never been anywhere four years, so um, the first off, I feel safe. Um, but no, it's it, it it we we've talked about it 
this whole press conference. You know, we're in a really good place. You know, we're starting something really special. Um, you know, and, and I think today's another message, you know, which obviously you saw these great players around the country the last month sign up to come join these guys. And today's another message as you look at the MVPs up here and the guys that came in here, you know, to do something special. Today's another message for, you know, a couple more pieces that may be out there, you know, come on, join, join up. Are we going all the way in the, in the back here? Yep. Uh, this question is for uh, Jared. How cool is it for you to be, you know, playing in your home state and come out with not only a big win, but win uh, the defensive player of the game award? Oh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I had like maybe 20, 30 people come to the game today. So uh, it was awesome to just make history with, with my guys and then, you know, even more special to do it at home. So it was great. All right, we've got time for a couple more. Let's go right here first. The, 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 this one's for you, Coach. Um, you kind of talked about in your opening statement about the opt-outs with Penn State not having their two starting cornerbacks. How much does that kind of change how you call the game, and what do you think you guys were able to do more successfully because of that? Well, I mean, they pay us a lot of money as coaches, so, um, you know, I would think that, we wouldn't have been really good coaches if we didn't realize that and obviously go in and attack where there were new players at. I mean, that's coaching 101. So, um, but again, the players got to make the plays. And, um, you know, I get way too much credit on these fourth down plays like they were asking afterwards. You know, our assistant coaches, Charlie Weiss, um, they did a great job today of having some really unique plays. Like we talk about, you know, the Philly special or speed option, you know, or Q versus the zero down the pipe. Um, those guys did a great job of game planning to, to beat a very aggressive defense in those situations and to take advantage, um, you know, of different players in there. That's what you're supposed to do. All right, all the way back on the platform. Coach, with how last season started and then unfortunately finished for you and your team, just to be able to be here right now with your only two losses on this season being Alabama and Georgia, just what does that say about you, your team, and everybody else in that coaching room? I think that's good perspective, you know. Um, I just talked about that in there, you know, one year ago where we were and having a memory of, a, you know, a really poor locker room feeling and um, whatever that was, I think we lost four or five or something like that. And, you know, <clears throat> just went back to work and kept trying to add players, try to grow as coaches and um, made some difficult changes. And, you know, it paid off this year and players and coaches. So really proud of those guys. All right, we're going to take our last question right here, third row on the right. Caden, uh, uh, Jackson in there just told me he kind of calls you the, the dad of, of the offense with the maturity and just experience you brought. How did, how have you felt your role is with this offense? Kind of not the X's and O's, but just within the, that offense as a whole. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely an older guy that's just played a lot of college football, and I just feel like a lot of my teammates trust me, and they, they trust what I say and trust what I do. And I feel like today it showed just on the field getting helping guys getting set and stuff like that but i'm just thankful just that they believe in me as well just love that old school radio you know what i mean it's just there's nothing like watching a game if you're there and listening to it i mean i did that since i was a kid and i do it to this day and now we've uh, we've kind of evolved from transistor radios and that sort of thing to apps on phones and Bluetooth headsets. But at the end of the day, you still got that old school radio feel. And uh, that's why it's so important that I like to bring the calls to you. And I'll thank you. It's it, It's been fun. And this is something that I got into, gosh, a few years ago, writing for a blog. And um, kind of started for nothing. Uh, Evie Van Pelt and I were talking at the Peach Bowl, and we both kind of looked at each other, and I said, you know, I started from nothing. I, I started just, you know, working uh, for myself and just kind of worked my way up, and she pretty much did the same thing with the Rebel Walk. She's really grown in. And, you know, a couple of years later, you know, look look what we've been able to, to achieve, and it's it's really neat. Organic growth and, you know, whether it be our social channels and, and the different people that I've been able to work through. I'm so excited that the work we've been able to do with the Magnolia Tribune, uh, of course, everything that we've been able to do for 247 Sports and growing there, and then growing our own network and what we've been able to do in the high school ranks and junior college. And, gosh, what we have this year is 
incredible what we, what we've all been thinking about to do from a video standpoint and we're coming and there's going to be video streaming with this site there's going to be video streaming uh, we're working with the red and blue crew podcast so many things are going to be um, changing but changing for the good but if you'd love to be a part of our show thank you if not hey tell a friend like you've always done you know i'm not one to boast about numbers and that sort of thing you know that's something we don't do here but um but I am thankful that the numbers have been great. And you're because of that, because you tell people. And I want to thank you. It's been an absolute labor of love. Being able to see everybody in, in Atlanta and, and asking about me and, and the site and the podcast. And it's really cool. And thank you for doing that. We'll talk to you soon. Remember, we're going to have a mailbag. And we'll talk kind of a, kind of where things shape up for 24, what you're looking forward to, and some players that may be you might be excited about seeing we'll do that next week i appreciate it hey guess what the next recruiting cycle is just around the corner by the time you blink it'll be spring football and within a snap of a finger it'll be kickoff time in Oxford, mississippi thanks everybody we'll talk to you soon right here on the believe in Ole Miss podcast part of the believe network listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.